and this is episode number 73. Yeah, dude. Jesus, you just told me. Of Fried Squirms. And we're going to talk about another horror movie with you. Man, that's one of the least scary ones we've done in a while, but it's also one that I fucking love. So Yeah, I enjoyed the shit out of this one, and we are talking about Troll Hunter. That's right. 2010? Yeah, 2010. Norwegian fantasy horror. We'll get into all that. Yeah, exactly. Um, let me see. Do you have any news from the week? I briefly mentioned to you that I did watch a few trailers for an upcoming film. And for those who are familiar with Lars von Trier for such films as Nymphomaniac, which you and I were discussing a little while ago. Uh, Antichrist. Antichrist, Dance in the Dark. I mean, there are several others. But he recently directed a film starring Matt Dillon. And we did briefly mention on our previous episode, The Outsiders, because see Thomas Howell as Pony Boy. <laughs> And Matt Dillon was also in that film as well. And he was on some other S.E. Hinton adaptive films. But anyhow, he's playing the titular character in the film The House That Jack Built. And apparently, when they screened it at, I believe it was the Cannes Film Festival, Mm -hmm. there were like over 100 people walked out. Oh, wow. Yeah, to a theater of about 300 people watched it. So a third of the audience basically got Uh up and left, said it was too violent. He's certainly a man that pushes the envelope. He certainly does. He's not a stranger to some heavy topics, typically taboo as well. So this movie looks very promising. I like a lot of the actors in the film. We'll see what happens. Okay, so I'll admit I didn't really have any news that jumped out at me during the week, but I did look up a couple things right before the episode. But they're pretty cool. I'm really glad that I looked them up. Before that, non-horror related, I did go see Solo yesterday. Yeah, boy. The latest Star Wars. It's not bringing in nearly as much money as it was projected to. I kind of think that's what happens when you have a fucking Avengers oh, and yeah. then Deadpool and then this. It's probably not a good time to All stack within them. almost a month. Like, this is the fifth week that Infinity War has been out. So, just over a month. But I actually really recommend going and seeing it. I thought it was a super good Star Wars movie. Really dug it. I kind of threw up a tweet about it already where. The only weird thing about it is Alden Ehrenreich, who plays young Han Solo, reminds me a lot more of a young Jack Nicholson. Yeah, I did see your tweet on that. It's pretty funny. <laughs> than a young Harrison Ford, which is kind of entertaining. Huh. Especially yeah. since I still think about that Shining episode that we did pretty, yeah, often, so pretty fun. often. It's funny you mentioned that The Shining just read a little blurb where Stephen King is still throwing shade <laughs> at Stanley Kubrick. Apparently, which is funny, it's in his book called The Outsiders. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's kind of funny. So yeah, yeah, he's still throwing shade. Now, for the things that I actually looked up. Oh, but yeah, Solo, great. Honestly, a couple moments that made me gasp out loud. A couple really, really neat, like, Easter eggs and nods to fans of the original franchise and, like, deep cut shit. Nice. But there's a cameo at the end that's fucking bonkers. Like, huge nuts. Wow. Okay. That cool. That'll make me have to check it out, then. Sweet. But beyond that, uh, just because we were just talking about it, I think just last week, the Serbian baby. Oh, yeah, we did. We mentioned the fact that eBay was holding an auction for a lot of props. From a Serbian Serbian film. film. Yeah. Including the baby Baby. prop. Yeah. It got banned today. (laughs) Uh, actually, it was banned or a few days maybe ago. Not, yeah, yeah, a few days ago. But they're in the process of setting up their own site. Exactly. It's not quite live yet, where you'll still be able to bid on all of this shit. 
That's but unbelievable. eBay <laughs> pulled it. <laughs> they did. I thought it was funny because I do follow Unearthed Films fan book page and Stephen Bierud written an article explaining the details of how, you know, all that shit got pulled from eBay and it's like they're just props, you know. It's like what's the big deal? So anyhow, there's a lot of censorship that's going on and you're right, they want to hold their own auction, so we'll keep an eye out and see what the, <laughs> the going price is for the baby. We're still keeping an eye out on I'm that. I'm so curious what the baby ends up going for. Well, we do know that there was a bid on there was eBay. a bid. Yeah, and, and it, it started, started at, at six. six. Yeah. 6K. Exactly, dude. So it's at least fetching that much. We'll see what happens. Guillermo del Toro is getting his own action figure. So that's pretty cool. For the San Diego Comic-Con, made by, I don't know if you actually say their name, like NECA, or if it's NECA. But, yeah, I've heard Nika, Neka. Yeah, I've heard it. But he's getting his own toy. Good for him. I just really wanted to mention that because I love Guillermo del yeah, Toro. Yeah, we all love GDT. And by the time you actually hear this episode in the very beginning of June, they haven't announced a date yet, but sometime in the first half of June, we're getting the first trailer for the Halloween sequel. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. That's going to be fun. So maybe by the time you hear this episode, you've already seen it. Maybe you didn't know that we were going to be seeing it soon, and now this is, you know, fucking fanning the flames a little bit. Well, I know we're talking about Halloween, but I mean, not his, but the fact, too, that the upcoming film, The Three from Hell, is coming out not too long now. Oh, that, too. Yeah. Yeah, So I'm pretty excited about that, too. It's just a a unique tie back into Halloween. I think they might have released another picture or two from that. I think they did. Since the last time we'd mentioned some of the stills they had shown of Baby, and I think it was Otis. I think they've shown Captain Spaulding and a few others. Yeah, I haven't really been paying too much attention to that. I think he's using some of the actors from 31, and I know Sean Whalen, I believe, was in it. We talked about Mm -hmm. him from the people under the stairs, so it'll have a fun cast. Oh, I'm excited for it. We'll see how that turns out. That's everything I have, though, before going into the uh, Guts and Bolts of Troll. One last bit of information. Good news, bad news is up to you. I'll look at it as, like, whatever. (laughs) But if you're a fan of the franchise Sharknado... It has been announced that there is a sixth and final film coming out soon, and I believe Sci-Fi is releasing it. So okay, yeah, good for them. Fucking whatever, that's awesome. I mean, good if you for get them. six films in, that's you know, it's nothing. To I haven't really at. ever sat down and gone through them to see if they're. I mean, if they trickle into the so bad it's good for me, then I'm down. But I haven't, I haven't given them the proper go to see whether they tip those scales. I tried watching some of the first one, and it's kind of cringy. I'm not going to lie. My little nephew's a fan, but he's six, so put that in perspective. Yeah, six-year-olds don't know shit. No. He just... <laughs> for him, it's fun. You know, it's right. the concept. For us, it's going to be, ooh, this is bad. And I suppose this isn't really necessarily horror-related, but it's sort of, in general, like, media and watching shit-related. I mean, I think for a while now, we've all known to like pay attention to Netflix because they've been putting out great shit, and they keep putting out great shit. Maybe we really need to pay attention, because they should start being able to put out the highest level shit possible. Netflix is now worth more than Disney, as of like three days ago. saying a lot. Wow. So they have the money to throw around behind projects. We might start seeing a lot of shit get done because it seems like they're having no problem just being like, cool, let's do this. Let's do that. Let's throw. I mean, I don't know how much original programming they have now, but every bit of it that's like triggered my interest has ended up being worth it. 
I would agree with that. Everything that I've seen that's a Netflix original, for the most part, has been pretty solid. But now we know, like, for a fact that they can put the same sort of weight behind shit that Disney does. and It shows with some of the projects they've done, so... So, nice. that could be very exciting to see what we have coming up in the future. Yeah, I agree. I know one in particular we've mentioned a couple of times that I can kind of uh, nod my hat to is the film Creep. That's mm-hmm. Netflix, if I'm not mistaken. I know it was put out by the Watts Brothers. Yeah, so, I mean, they're getting all kinds of neat little horror projects, so we'll see what happens. And while I'm mentioning Netflix, it's probably worth mentioning that Troll Hunter is streamable on Netflix. It certainly is. And That's how Shutter. we watch it. Shutter as, as well. As of the time of us recording this. I mean, I can't promise in the future if you listen <laughs> to this in the future. But but there are several ways to watch this film. But right now, it's easily streamable, Netflix, and Shudder. And it's kind of fun for the whole family. We'll get into that here in a little bit. So Nice. Yeah, so that catches me up for the week? Yeah, me too. Let's get into the Guts and Bolts. Guts and Bolts. Guts and bolts. Rocking our 73rd film. Or maybe, should I say, Episode, yeah, I should say. here we are, cuts and bolts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've got some interesting shit to say about that. But yeah, this is our 73rd review, and uh, it's a fun one, man. It's one we talked about being from Norway, came out in 2010. Let's see, should we start with synopsis? Synopsis is always a good way to start. Let's see, synopsis for this movie. A student documentary crew gets more than they bargained for with a disgruntled government worker and trolls. Set in Norway. <laughs> in, yeah, in Norway. You're going to be reading this entire movie. Yes, you are. And if you're not a fan of, of reading movies, yeah, subtitles, this is probably not a film for you. But for those who do enjoy foreign films and subtitled films, or if you speak Norwegian... If you're a fan of trolls, yeah. it's in the title. I'm not like... Yeah, this is no spoiler. It says Troll Hunter. Trolls. So, so, yeah. If you're a fan of Norwegian stand-up comedy. More specifically, yeah. You're going to enjoy this. You're going to enjoy this movie because of what we're about to mention here in the Guts and Bolts. Yeah. Uh, first, we'll talk about the like director and shit. So, what, what do you got for us? Okay, yeah. So, we like to talk about the people who go into making the film. And for this film, we have a director-slash-writer, Andre Overdahl. Now, he's done such works as Future Murders... A film that I told you I'm kind of on the fence about a little bit. Not so much as The Void, but he is the director of The Autopsy of Jane Doe. Okay. He's also the director of some upcoming films. One is a film called Mortal. One that is adapted from a series of books that I read as a kid slash teenager. But he is slated for scary stories to tell in the dark. And he's oh, no also shit. slated for a film called Bright Skies. So that would be pretty he interesting. Could be really, he could do a good job, I think, with scary stories. I agree. In the dark. It's like the way that he does tell stories, and I think he has a keen eye for I think folklore and, and storytelling in general. I was going to say, like, those get kind of dark, but I think he could still grasp some of the whimsicalness. In I think them. so. Yeah, he's got a pretty... And the fact that it's still, like, 
a kid's fucking scary story. Like Exactly. So with this being a PG-13 film, I can definitely see him pulling that off. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we'll see what happens. But that looks like a fun project that's coming up. Now, he's also the writer of a television series called Enormous, which he was responsible for the original screenplay. And that was like back in 2014. Now, he's also written a lot of his directed films, so keep that in mind. So along with our director, we have cinematographer Halvard Brian. Now, he's done such Norwegian films as Livret. He's done a documentary called The Giant. He's also the cinematographer for Bart Got a Room, which has some really interesting American actors in it, believe it or not. And he's also responsible for a documentary called Live in Ingmar, which is about Ingmar Bergman. Oh. Yeah. So that looked pretty interesting. Our editor on this film is Per Eric Eriksson. He was the editor for such films as The Curling King, Contiki, Victoria, Borning, Magnus, which is a documentary, and The Borning 2, which most of these are Norwegian projects. So I have some special effects teams, which there are several considering what went into making this film. So some of those special effects teams are FreeX, FX, they help with the special effects props. One that I think has a pretty interesting name. They are called Gimpville. (laughs) (laughs) They help with the visual effects. Storm Studios also helped with the visual effects. Film Camertin AS is a visual effects team. Superune was also responsible for visual effects in Storyline Studios. Guess what? Also visual effects. The producers on this were... Look, I don't know which of those companies was responsible for the trolls on this film. I'm not sure either. I didn't have a copy. way to go. Yeah. Which we'll definitely get to talk about a little bit further on about some of the ideas behind... Did we say this movie has trolls? Yeah, I hope so. Let's say troll hunters? Trolls. Yeah. Cool. So our producers were... Sveving Gulima and John M. Jacobson. Production companies for Film Camertin AS, Film Fun Fuzz, they were in association with, SF Norga AS, Norsk Film Institute, and Son og Fjordane Fjordskommune, they were also a production company. I'm trying my best. These are a lot of, <laughs> a lot of Scandinavian names. Our distributors were SF Norga AS. They helped with all of 2010 Norwegian media. And we have Magnet Releasing. They helped with the 2011 USA theatrical release, which had a limited run. Our release dates were October 29th, 2010 in Norway. And it had its premiere January 21st, 2011 at the Sundance Film Festival here in the United States. The budget for this film was an estimated $3.5 million. That's United States dollars. And the box office, it grossed about $4.1 million. The tagline, there's only one, but this tagline is, you'll believe it when you see it. Okay. Which is pretty, it's fairly accurate. Which, you know what, let's stick a pin in that. Let's bring that back up again, right at the beginning of the, how did I make you squeal? Okay, that sounds it's, good. It's one problem I have with this movie. But it's not with the movie itself. Gotcha. You'll... All right, sweet. So that is what I have for the people who helped make the film. Now, here are some of the actors that were in front of the camera. So pretty much the only person you end up caring about in this entire movie (laughs) is Hans, played by Otto Jespersen. Yes, and this is a very interesting Norwegian actor slash comedian slash television personality. personality. 
Yeah, um, so I looked at some of the projects that he, you know, has done in Norway. Now keep this in mind. Does not shy away from controversy. No, he does not. He was a radio personality for a while. I think back in the eighties and nineties. Then he did a lot of television series. I think he was hosting sort of talking programs. I don't know exactly the extent of a lot of them, but that's where he kind of gained a lot of notoriety for some of the topics he talked about, some of the things he had done. I think he helped do some stunts. I don't know if they were like television stunts, you know what I mean? But that was during the Lillehammer Winter Olympics, like in like 94 maybe. So he was known for that. Now he's also known for making some racy comments, <laughs> which I think is funny. Maybe we should save those for the squeals. But some of the projects I wanted to talk about, he'd done some film work, acting that is, in films such as Odd Little Man. He was known for the television series, this is back in 2012, called Not Skiftet. And he was also a part of the Borning films, one and two. He was also in a television series more recently, this in this year, believe it or not, 2018. That television program is called Rowing. So if you're familiar with some Norwegian television series, you've probably seen them. Now, the next few people I have, this is not a very big cast, but no. I do have a few names. So the next person I have is Glenn Erland Tostrud. He plays Thomas in this film. He has a few projects. He's mostly a producer, and I think he's a casting director now. Okay. But some of the films he has done are Orange Girl, and he's done a short film called High Point. Like I said, most of these are Norwegian. Most of all of these are. Now, the next person I have that is involved with this film is an actress. Her name is Johanna Merck, and she plays... Johanna. Johanna. <laughs> Pretty simply. So she's been in such films as Cold Prey 2. She goes to the Tony Danza acting school. Yeah, she does. <laughs> name, name your character who you are. <laughs> Don't deviate, right? All right, so Johanna, she's been in Cold Prey 2. She's been in The Magic Silver. All That Matters is Past, and Snekar Andersen og Jolensen. Or wow. Jolensen, yeah. Now, keep in mind, I do watch hockey. I do watch soccer. There's a lot of Scandinavian players in both. <laughs> so that's why I get away with a little bit. All right, so the next actor I have, his name is Thomas Arf Larsen. He plays Kala. He was also in Cold Prey, but he was also in the first one and the second one. He was in It's Only Make Believe and Quality Time, and a film called Now It's Dark. The next actor I have... Ooh, can I guess? Is it Finn? It is Finn. Finn Haugen. Uh, Finn Haugen is played by uh, Hans Morten Hansen. He is. Who, once again, we're going back to a stand-up comedy yeah. in Norway. He is not just a stand-up comedian, but he holds the world record for the longest stand-up performance. No kidding. How long? I believe 38 hours, 14 minutes. Jesus. He could get a five-minute break every hour and have food and drink with him on the stage. That's not bad. Right? Fuck yeah, for 38 hours. <laughs> yeah, 38 hours, That's a 14 lot, minutes, nonstop stand-up. That's more than a day and a half of telling jokes. Kudos uh, to him. Yeah, so way to go. Yeah, no shit, right? So I do have a few projects that he was a part of. He was in the film Curling King. He was in a film called Side Um Side, which actually is a television series from 2013 and 16. There is another actress I have. She is in it very briefly, but her name is Remila Borgdumas. She plays Malika. She is in projects such as Hotel Caesar, which was a television series in 2002. I have two other people involved with this. One is Torin Lodemel Stokland. She plays Hilda, or the veterinarian in this film. 
You might have seen her in Ping Pong, the television miniseries in 2008. She was also in a film called Underdog, and she was also in Lily Hummer, the television series, and another film called Lovig Vinen. Now I have one other person, another stand-up comedian, another interesting personality, and this person is Robert Stoltenberg. He plays the Polish bear hunter in this film. And when I started looking at some of the stuff he's done, he's a television director. He's in like these different ensemble groups. Well, one of the shows he like he's known for impressions, and one yeah. of his shows he plays most of the main cast, which I think is pretty cool. And yeah. do you want to try to pronounce it? No. <laughs> that it's called Boretslaget, which is a Norwegian production. But yeah, you're right. He's won some pretty cool awards. He won a TV Personality of the Year award in 2002 in Norway. So, yeah, we've got some interesting characters. I know the reason why the director chose a lot of these people, There's too. There's one more I want to bring up. Yeah. Just to round out the uh, stand-up comedians on the cast, Newt Narum okay. plays the power company manager. Uh, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, cool. And his role, I don't want to spoil it too much right, quite yet. Right. I'm going to try to remember to bring it up again, but his role is especially funny if you're familiar with his routines. Nice. Not that I'm familiar with it, but I've read, we have to do research to do this show, so. We certainly do. (laughs) It's not like we know these people personally. Yeah, I can't understand Norwegian. I listen to a lot of Norwegian metal. Can understand Norwegian. I want to talk about that a little bit later on, too. (laughs) Just funny. But yeah, I mean, there's some really interesting people involved with this project. This is kind of spoiler, but they wanted to keep it secret who was involved with this project, and they wanted to keep it as hush-hush as possible until it actually, like, premiered. Oh, the very end? Is that... No, I mean, just in general. Oh, oh, Just in in general, general. yeah. Like, this project in Norway, a lot of people didn't know about it. I was going to say, there is one appearance in this movie that wasn't filmed for this movie. Yeah, I know what you're getting um, at. But got, like, official approval to be used... Which is pretty cool. I know exactly which um, scene you're talking about. Yeah. Oh, I can't remember his name, though. Is it Jens Stoltenberg? It was the then Prime, Prime Minister yeah, that's it is. of yeah. Norway. That's exactly uh, it does is. appear in this movie. Real briefly. I mean, this is guts and bolts in a doctored clip. Obviously, it's not <laughs> <Yeah>. real. <laughs> which Obviously we'll talk about. Yeah, real. I mean, I would hope you would realize that by now. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right. So that's who I have for the cast and crew. We gave you a synopsis. There are a few brief warnings. Oh, but see, it's very brief because this Super movie brief. isn't that scary. No, it does not heavy on, I don't know, scary value. It's heavily involved with folklore, fairy tales. We talked about trolls. You could interpret it as having an anti-Christian bent. I can see that a little bit. the film doesn't reinforce that. It's more that it takes the fairy tales extremely literally. Exactly. Any violence would fall under the category of, like, the sort of violence you'd see on, like, a TVY7 show. Yeah, I mean, there's a little bit of animal cruelty. A little bit. But you don't see anything. No, there's one that you do, but it's very brief and it's CG. Yeah. I guess if you don't like trolls... If you don't like found footage style movies, if you this don't is like found Norway, footage. if you don't like Norway, we mentioned if you don't like reading subtitles, if you don't like men named Hans. Yeah, Hans and Jans and Franz. Um, <laughs> no, I mean I can't think of anything else. If you don't like landscapes, I mean I don't know what else to say. Yeah, Jesus, this is like I said. This 
film kind of is fun for the whole family. It is. I highly recommend it. Yeah, for and that it, reason. it really truly rides the line of not being horror, but we'll get into it, I guess. But but yeah, um, I mean, outside of that, if you can get past that little fence, it's a creature flick. Yeah, that's for sure. With that's the exactly what the it creature. is. That's what it is. Yeah, I'm done though. Let's get into how it made us squeal. Want to squeal? Yeah. God, what's happening to me? God, where am I? Why am I hearing these things? Oh God, what? What's going on? Oh Jesus, come on! Oh my God, what's what's going on? Where where am I? Oh gee, why why? Come on, somebody, somebody! Ah, come on, come on, come on! Come on, somebody! Sir. Somebody, somebody's there. Somebody's got to be there. I will shock you. Come on, sir. Sir, you must listen to me. Sir, I only have one question. How does that make you squeal? How'd that make you squeal with the Hot Boys podcast? (laughs) Hell yeah, dude. So, I have a confession to make, Tyler. What's that, Danny? Prior to viewing the film for our review of it, I'd never watched it before. So, along the journey of some recent films that we've done, there were two that you hadn't seen before mm-hmm. and now there's one that i hadn't seen before i'm Fucking glad good. that i finally, finally. did good I'm, i hate being the only one all the time no so let me go into it first then because my history with this film goes back to let's see from like 06 to like 2010 i was watching a lot of like martial arts movies oh nice hell yeah super doug 2003's ong bak muay thai warrior Super excited when Ong Bak 2 came out. That was 2008 release. I probably didn't see it on video till like 2009. Okay. The video had a trailer for Troll Hunter. So I saw a trailer and was all in from the get-go. As soon as it had a video release, I fucking watched it. Been a fan. Absolutely loved it. Watched it like three or four times that first week. Introduced it to like quite a few of my friends. Had them watch it. They all loved it have been long singing the praises of this movie so well i can see now why you would sing the praises because watching about 30 minutes of this movie for the first time i was in i was like hell yeah this is a fun film so yeah i was kind of hooked from the get-go i mean not necessarily when this movie came out but from my first view so like i said it took me about 30 minutes and i was hooked so with that yeah man i really dig this film a lot for a lot of reasons I guess one of the main reasons is because a lot of the storytelling is based on fairy tales and folklore, and not necessarily for the fact you know that it's based on trolls, but just for the fact that I grew up on certain aspects of it because I grew up with a grandmother who happened to be German. A lot of the grim fairy tales and folk tales and stuff like that I was familiar with as a kid. So this was an easy transition into the film. Uh, did you immediately catch the Three Billy Goats gruff reference? Oh, yeah. There was a lot of these references I wrote down just because they were so obvious. But I like them because of the way they were incorporated into this film. They're really fun. God, there's so many things we could go into right off the bat. First thing, I, I mean, my very first note and something I fucking enjoy is this is another good example for me of a found footage movie done right. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with that more. I think we've talked about it before, and that's a genre that's really easy to get lazy with. Yeah, it's but this one's just—it's just all the raw footage. Some of it's stupid, and them just fucking around. Definitely not shit that would make it to the final cut if they were, you know, if the documentary they were making was ever actually truly able to be finished. But 
No, that's a good point because a lot of this filming, or a lot of the film itself, and just kind of driving up across the countryside of Norway mm -hmm. on the search for these trolls, certain species of trolls as well, which is fun. It's not just, you know, trolls in general. It's, you know, you get to learn a little bit more about each individual group of trolls. So now what did you say that that tagline was? So the tagline was, you'll believe it when you see it. All right, yeah. So fuck you tagline <laughs> on the poster that gives away the fucking Yatnar. It does, dude. Give me a poster of just Hans or something with like all of his gear or just his fucking Land Rover with the spikes. That was pretty dope. Yeah, I could see that. Like maybe even just the bulbs flashing, but you don't really have too much context, mm -hmm. you know? And what, the film crew? Yeah. So because of the poster and shit, like you kind of knew that there was trolls going into it, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, do you think it would have changed the context of the movie much if that's if a fair you, question? If it wasn't as upfront about it, if you sort of learned it a little bit more with the kids. Here's some insight, possibly, to that from my perspective. So, before I actually watched the film, just knowing, like you said, the poster associated with it and the title of it, I was thinking this was more or less kind of like what it really is: is hunting for trolls, but. Like, more like vampires? More, more like an adventure style kind okay. of, you know, like, oh, we're going to, we're actually hunting, groups of people are hunting these trolls, but I didn't know the context of what they were getting themselves into or what troll in general they were talking about. So my view of it was already skewed by that poster. Yeah. <laughs> what troll in general they're talking about. Yeah. This movie is not the last five minutes of Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. <laughs> this is not that <laughs> troll hunter. <laughs> That's funny, too. <laughs> Shit, so, okay, so this was your first time through, so what was your experience with it? Like, lead us through it. Like, as you came into the movie, like, bring us through as you wrote it down and shit. Well, exactly. So, going into this, I told you I already had a view of the poster and what it conjures in the mind, along with the title, of course. So, watching it and how it starts, it was kind of interesting. I like that the storytelling is like, oh, there's these bear attacks, and you learn much later on that that's a cover-up. But when they start talking about a guy who might be a poacher and they start following him around until the first encounter they have, I was like, oh, this is actually pretty fun. I like how this is shot because it is a found footage, documentary-style film. And the one thing that I really enjoyed about the film itself was the fact that you were seeing the countryside of Norway, and it's fucking beautiful. Beautiful. It's like so many waterfalls that were captured just kind of like a off the distance. They weren't the focal point, but I'm like, damn, this would be an awesome, kind of majestic place to travel. Yeah, I suppose we should have said, like, if images of sweeping mountain vistas wow. turn you on, then warning, this movie is going to be causing you to fucking just gush all over <laughs> the place. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was some thick ropes for Norway. <laughs> So that was kind of a selling point. I was like, wow, this is really well shot. And that was a huge selling point because you said it, that sometimes, more times than not, probably, that found footage can be done real bad. But this was done correct. So knowing the fact that I was getting kind of myself involved, like I said, some of the fairy tale aspects of it and just the way that they were using different varieties, different species of trolls. I was like, oh, this is fun. This is a little bit more interesting. This is told from a small perspective. You know, that ties into one of my notes, and I just wanted to ask you, what was your favorite troll? My favorite troll? 
Because we, we see a tosser lad. We see a tosser lad. We, we see, see a ringle finch. We see a ringle finch. We see some mountain kings. Also known as Dover Guben. Which is interesting because the name I was reading that it's a compound word. The first name is known for a region, a mountain region in Norway called Doverfjell. Which so. is where they go. Exactly. And is a reference to In the Hall of the Mountain King from the Pier Gint sweep. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Anyway, and we see the Jotnar. Yes, which you already mentioned was on the poster. So, yeah, that kind of threw me for a loop. I thought it was going to be the hunt for just this one particular troll, perhaps. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but no, it's not. It is an adventure in a way because they are following this, who they find out is a troll hunter, which I don't know if you know the Norwegian name for it. Trolljergen. Mm. Wait, wait, wait! Don't move on too much, bitch. Wait, what was your favorite? <laughs> what, what was your favorite troll? Okay, so my favorite troll. <laughs> oh, I did want to say that they also mentioned rhyme tossers. They did. And the Harding. Found in the out west. west. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, all right. So my favorite troll might be the Mountain Kings, and the reason why. Oh shit! That's what I was gonna say too. I like the Mountain the Kings. The reason a lot. why this is, you know, keep in mind we are in the squeal. This is a spoiler section, for two reasons: the fact that they fart, the fart, yeah, the fact that they fart, and it's funny, <laughs> and also because they have schlong noses. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, wow. They put some detail into that. <laughs> I love that their design was super like kids illustrated fairy tale booky, or uh, God, what's the name of that artist? I had his name brought up. Um, oh, I've got a couple of artists. One is John Bauer, and the other John Bauer, yeah, Theodore. They Kittleson. looked like a fucking John Bauer troll brought to life. Exactly, but, but literally like brought to life. Like they looked. By the way, all the trolls. I already really mentioned this. Well done. Look fantastic. They look like they're in the scenery. They're used sparingly enough that you don't get to see what flaws they might have. I agree. I mean, with a keen eye, of course, he, there's always something to bitch about or groan about. Mm-hmm. But you're right. The visual effects teams, all of them did a fantastic job of not making it look overly done. Like it was done just enough to where it keeps you in the film. Keeps you wanting to watch God, more. The uh, tosser lad's leg, when it first just looks like a tree till you start moving up it. I and like it moves that. a little bit. That mm-hmm. was so dope. Yeah. I like the fact that, too, that, you know, they were using, like, tails and multiple heads. And, you know, like I said, they were playing with the variations of the species itself, which, going into this film, I didn't know much about trolls. I was familiar with <laughs> probably, like, the fucking little dolls that you can buy here in the States. Yeah. <laughs> Those type of trolls. Or here's a huge reference for those who are in video games, which, you know, if you play Skyrim, you got these giants and trolls and shit like that, which is a, another reference back to one of oh, the fairy tales. So many fantasy games have trolls. Yeah. I kind of wanted to touch on trolls for a minute because I've done a bit of reading on trolls before. And the fact that they actually use Yatnar in this movie. Yatnar is actually plural for Jotun. Now, Jotun is from the uh, Norse mythology. It's usually translated as giant, but they're not necessarily big. Mm-hmm. The most common linking factor seem to be otherworldly and grotesque. But Jotun and Troll and like two other terms are used interchangeably 
enough that we're not quite sure what they all mean. Gotcha. It's, it's obvious that they're all I kind of mean, referring yeah. to the same sort of beings, but... Uh, there's probably little deviations. <clears throat> there's some arguments that... I can't remember the other two terms either, but Jotun is one and Troll is one. And it seems like there's some arguments that might be that it refers to like where they're from, what, like mountains and forests rather than you know hills or whatever. And then others seem to be more... There's another argument where it's like more what their specialty is, okay. whether like magic users or actual giants or this or that. Cool. And then as the language progressed and you got the fairy tales and folklore coming out of the older mythology, trolls became a lot more defined and that's where you get like what they reference a couple times in this movie with the more like human looking trolls, some of them not even being monstrous in appearance, definitely a being of some sort. However, once again, like I said, not always monstrous. And if you go across the breadth of the folklore, trolls end up being a lot more like fairies in the Celtic traditions rather than simply like the things underneath bridges and shit. Yeah. And that's kind of a neat play on it too when you were saying it like that, because you start thinking of, like, maybe gnomes, they could have a common ancestor in that regard and the storytelling. But this is definitely playing off the more grotesque, later versions of trolls, which are a lot of fun, I think. I like the monster version of trolls myself, and that turn into stone, and the fact the folklore trolls. Yeah, those are really cool. Um, and you're right, they do a good job of incorporating that into this film. <laughs> and they go super literal with the folklore, too. Some of my reading did suggest that the term, with trolls being able to smell the blood of a Christian man... Yes, that's huge. ...doesn't necessarily mean their religion. There's Some of what I read suggested that that was just an old-timey way for saying a human. Because in the folklore, there was many different kinds of men but only human men were also sometimes Christian. None of the other races of men were ever Christian, but human men were Christian. And so if you said the blood of a Christian man, you were just saying, it was human. a fancy way of saying human. Huh, that's pretty cool. It's all about semantics. <laughs> mm -hmm. But they went super literal with this. They certainly did. To Kala's death? Was that who died? Yeah, that's exactly what it was. And I actually wrote down that reference because it is referenced back. Not only... And, you know, the Christian blood and all that stuff, but into a painting itself, which one of the main characters is like, do I look like that famous painting? <laughs> so that is the Maria Soria Castle story, which is kind of neat. It has to do with not trying to nerd out too much, but I read a little bit about it. Apparently it's about just um, a lazy character who winds up getting caught up in, you know, finding this castle and I guess having to defeat a troll and all this other stuff. And because of that, he gets to choose one of the many sisters of that castle to marry and they grant him like some neat ways of almost like teleporting himself across land and time with rings and giving his horse like shoes to make it walk 20 miles per step like some you know fantastical stories but some of that revolves around because of the christian blood when I mean, you were talking about the human form that character supposedly you know was christian and the painting itself too was back to theodore kettleson and if you see it, you can see a guy with the staff, like mm -hmm. Thomas was doing and stuff like that. And that refers back to that particular story as well. So, Well, it's funny because the blood of a Christian man really, especially if we're going back to symbolically used language, really can just be a double meaning. 
if you're going all the way back to the Christianization of the Scandinavian countries, some of which was forced, then the trolls can, especially if you look at trolls being more like fairies, as we understand them in like Celtic myths, and being more like nature spirits and stuff, the trolls would simply represent the old religion that being makes driven perfect out. Sense. Yeah, and they could exist with the new religion, but they kept their distance. They didn't like being involved with that. And especially with so many times as like God being described as the light and trolls react very badly to sunlight. <laughs> certainly do. So, I mean, the, the imagery certainly is there if you want to look at it that way. But No, you're right. There's a lot of metaphors being used. And, you know, going back to fairy tales and even mythology, Norse mythology, you know, we talked about Christianity and stuff like that. So, yeah. Jesus fucking... That's, that's a huge part of their cult. I mean, that society as a whole in Scandinavia. I mean, that's Norwegian black metal. That's what those assholes' problems are. That's why they go burning down churches, because yeah. they're still against the fact that their country was forced to christianize back in like 1000 ad or whatever oh man there's some really cool (laughs) fucking documentaries about that shit oh yeah i think on shutter like uh, oh there is shutter have you know we'll look it up later we'll say it at the end of the episode but there's a great fucking since we're talking about norway anyway we might as well just mention norwegian black metal for a second is it as the daylight takes us or something like that i think you're right yeah it's on shutter if you have that fantastic black metal documentary telling one of the more fucked up tales to come out of that scene and i believe there's also a book that was written Mm -hmm. before the documentary so there's a companion piece with that too and there's all sorts of places to find the information on that i mean honestly look up norwegian black metal if you want to hear some fucking (laughs) horror stories in real life yeah (laughs) some crazy shit has happened within that scene I'm a bit of a metalhead. I'm not much into black metal, but it does influence some of the stuff that I listen to. I tend to go a little bit more for like a Finnish folk metal myself. <laughs> nice. <laughs> but that's still all in the Scandinavian region, so. Very true. But since we're on this topic, I did show you a video a little while ago. Oh my god. So I'd never really looked up any of Otto Jesperson's stuff. Hans, the troll hunter. You showed me what? Baron Blood? Yeah. <laughs> who's one of his sketch characters, characters yeah. who's just this ridiculous black metal musician like full corpse painted out and it was fucking funny now it didn't all hit some parts of it got kind of slow yeah. but definitely worth a watch i think we watched like it's number like f- two or something exactly so there was a few that have english subtitles once again mm-hmm. if you want to know what the hell they're talking about but yeah, I found out that that was kind of cool, and it ties back into what we're talking about right now. Biting off a mink's head. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, some funny shit. So I do like that too, that they're incorporating, not necessarily the death metal, but the fact that you're having this narrative told in this roundabout way of the Christianization of Scandinavia, particularly in Norway. And one of the big questions in this film that gets proposed is, do you believe in Jesus or God? There is a reason. I think this movie, either intentionally or unintentionally, definitely intentionally for one of the messages, I believe, especially with getting all the comedians involved that they did, all these guys are super leftist. Oh, they certainly are. Some would say probably extreme left. Yeah, some of these guys are probably even a bit more left than I would get down with. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I know we were talking about Otto. I read a little bit about him, and he was involved with the Red Youth and, you know... 
communism party and stuff like that. I mean, to each their own, but right. he was heavily involved. <clears throat> but I do think that there's a couple themes in this movie, one of which didn't really jump out at me until as many times as I've seen this movie, finally until this time of watching it and stuff. And I was thinking about trolls and how they could represent the old ways. And there seems to sort of be this critiquing... Should we just point out right now that the true bad guy in this movie is the government? Oh, for sure. Yeah, without a doubt. Hans is a disgruntled disgruntled government employee. Having to do dirty work, as he puts it. Finn is the real bad guy, but even he's just a mouthpiece and seems... Yeah, there's a bigger Only so entitled. Exactly. I mean, he honestly, if it was up to him... Because he does seem to be okay. He seems to be okay with being a government crony. What I was going to say is... And so if it was up to him, he probably would have just done away with the film crew off the bat. Oh, no doubt. But he's a total bureaucrat, and there was channels that he had to work out before it could all be taken care of at the end. In a way, he can be looked at as like a state-sponsored propagandist. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. He's 100% a (laughs) state-sponsored propagandist. I mean, that's kind of a neat way to spin that narrative because there's a lot of that shit that goes on in every country so i think there was sort of a theming of an asking of how to deal with the culture the old culture in general and i feel like that one was more just like posing it up in the air like look this is what happens when we just lock shit away it creates tensions that then burst out in ways that yeah we don't like we can't control like the burning down of thousand-year-old churches. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Which, look, even if you don't like Christianity, you probably shouldn't just burn down a thousand-year-old church. But the, it, but it does open it up for debate. Like, does. at what point do we get rid of some of this stuff? What point don't we? But just sealing it away and saying that this is untouchable I totally isn't agree the way with that. of doing so You it. can't sweep things or hide things in closets because they're still there, you know? But then the other more on the nose message is this movie is also an environmentalism movie. So, yeah, for sure. The biggest part of that is those electric grids that you get to see a little bit later on in the film. And those are real topics like activists and farmers do not like those at all. And it causes a kind of a big uproar. And just sort of a overall, how do we fit in with nature? Because there's got to be a way to balance it. Once again, how do you balance the old ways with the new? Like, yeah. of course, we want to preserve some things. But at a certain point, like, we have to build housing for our homeless as well. So where's the compromise? Yeah, there is a lot of gray areas in all these topics. But along with that, just sort of a critiquing of the fact that there are... I mean, over here in America, we do it a little bit differently with how our hunting is set up. But theirs was a little bit of critiquing of the fact that they do have government hunters Mm -hmm. that just sometimes will get orders like Hans talks about where he just goes through an area and basically kills every animal he sees of a certain species. Yeah. So, (laughs) And and like we said, that there's a lot of super leftist guys, not that we're against that, or saving the environment. Yeah, exactly. But this movie definitely sort of backs up that sort of like, should we have these fucking government hunters that literally go through an area? I like that we're talking about this because there is a bigger picture that these guys are telling in this unique storytelling in itself. But it using does very specific topics. cultural things yeah. too, which is kind of neat. 
Because the scrolls is very specific to that whole region. Totally agree. You can totally accept this film for what it's worth, and that's just, like I said, they're hunting trolls, and a film crew is documenting it. Or you can take it for the bigger picture, and these are the hot topics we're talking about, which I thought was kind of an interesting way of putting that into a film with these people involved. And the director, Overdahl, he wanted to use these guys for certain topics to kind of... It was kind of neat balancing act, like you were saying, because these guys are, for the most part, extreme left, and they are comedians, and most comedians are very cynical. <laughs> so, you know, they're no strangers to stirring the shit, but the way it's told in this story is cleverly done, is what I'm getting at. There's a really fine balance they're doing. Speaking of comedians, I didn't realize that they made Polish jokes all over the world. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's why I wrote down that one actor. Uh Jesus. Yeah, that the actor I'm talking about was uh, Robert Stoltenberg. Fucking oh my scene gosh. Scene stealer. That was that so was funny. So good. All right, I'm glad you brought that up. There is one line he says in well, it's like two lines, but I yeah, thought it was last hilarious. Thing? Did you write it down? Please talk. There was one thing I wrote down. Okay. And it might not be the same thing that you're thinking of. The if, thing, it, if it's not what I'm thinking of, I'm going to look up what I was thinking. All right. So the line that got me, I thought it was hilarious is as they were getting out of the van and setting up the scapegoat, right? And there was four guys carrying it. And he goes, he says something to the effect of like, I have to take a break, my back, my back break. <laughs> right? I thought, for It just tickled me pink, man. I thought it was funny. I mean, it's goofy as I'll get, but dude, I like that a lot. That was fucking funny. Oh, let me see if I can find the, what I was thinking of. I didn't write it down and I really should have. All right, I found it. God damn, that took a lot longer than it really should have. Fucking what killed me, I think it might be one of his last lines, but it's, uh, why problem make when you no problem have you don't want to make? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so here's another thing we're talking about. That's kind of a, a political... I didn't fuck that up, by the way. That's his no, line. No, that's exactly his line. It's funny because you know what he's saying, but what they're also doing <laughs> is they're playing on the fact that there's a lot of Polish immigrants that come to Norway and they typically do a lot of the hard work that Norwegians don't want to do. I was going to say, this is going to sound kind of fucked up. I'm very sorry. This is going to sound fucked up, but from what I was reading, it sounds like the Polish are the Norwegian Mexicans. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Possibly. I mean, there's a reason. I mean, unfortunately, there's so a reason. I don't think they're building a wall. No. <laughs> oh Which, gosh. good. No By kidding. the way, good. Anyway. Stupid. Yeah, I know, right? But... There's a reason why there are dumb Polak jokes. (laughs) You know, I'm not saying that they're right. I'm not saying, you know, that you shouldn't use them. It's just humor. But this is a kind of a characterization of that because the guy himself is fucking Norwegian. I mean, look, so everyone's pretty fucking taking everything seriously in this movie. But like Otto fucking some of his replies to the camera crew are hilarious like this movie there, is pretty funny i was thinking that too there are certain points it's like man this is some block comedy going on here if you're paying attention to the details it's funny i think a squirrel rampage through <laughs> no right just so you're right some of his little comebacks that he says they're quick they're witty but it shows his humor now speaking about the film crew what did you think of them because one of my notes here is i kind of hate the film crew they I are too the stupid same. to live I, the only person who annoyed me was Kala. Okay. He was the only person annoying me. And that was when he, they were in the cave and he was panicking and he, he just wanted to rub the troll stench all over him. And 
I was like, they were exaggerating the shit out of his character, but yeah, exactly. Got him on that troll stench. You got him on that stench. I was like, oh, this guy's fucking it up for everybody. But I thought the actor who played Thomas and Johanna, I thought they were capable. I mean, well, I mean, I think they're yeah, but I, I just hate I, the characters. Like they're I, all just I don't know. I felt like they were, you know, they felt like nineteen, twenty year old fucking college kids who didn't have any clue to the world. <laughs> they embodied that. So in that regard, yeah, I, I thought they did all right, but I, I have nothing against it, to be honest. I guess maybe it mostly just annoyed me when the whole first meeting, when they're just sitting and Hans goes in and ends up flushing out that tosser lad, kind of accidentally. He didn't know it was going to be a tosser lad. Yeah. He thought he was going after that Ringel finch right off the bat. No, he ran into that three-headed monster. Man, when they're sitting around waiting for Hans, they're lucky they didn't spook off the fucking thing for him. They're just sitting there being the loudest fucking bunch of exactly. dickheads. <laughs> but that's kind of where I would get it back to. It's yeah. like, yeah, they felt like a bunch of know-nothings for the most part until the tagline hits them. You'll believe it when you see it, and there you go. That's kind of where I was sold on. It was like their reaction to the fact that these trolls are for real. They're not just fairy tales or, you know, legends they've heard of. This is really what's going on. And I like the fact, too, that they regarded Hans as like a Norwegian hero. But mm-hmm. he viewed himself as just an ordinary person doing some dirty work. That's For him, it's kind of shameful. They never make it crystal clear, but Hans and the vet had a thing, right? Oh, I would think so. Yeah. All right. I liked Thomas's reaction. He's kind of like, looking yeah, he does that little, little grin, little smirk. But she was holding on the the vet. That's what kind of gave away. She yeah. was she held on a little longer than I think Hans wanted to. <laughs> but you could definitely tell there was a thing. Oh, and I did notice that the logo for the vet place had a troll head. Yeah, I thought it was kind of cool. I looked up because you know we're nerds. I did look up a lot of the places that they were referencing in the film. And I was like, I don't know much about Norway outside of like maybe Oslo and Lillehammer mm-hmm. because they're a pop culture reference. But I started looking and I was like, there's some pretty interesting reasons they didn't film on those locations. But there's, you know, it ties back into the, you know, legends of the trolls and where they're located, whether they're mountain trolls or if they're woodland trolls. Mm-hmm. So I like that. And I looked up the geography and I was like, oh, that's, you know, this place is like way the fuck up in the northeastern part past the Arctic Circle. And then other parts were kind of like just to the west of where Oslo was at. So it's kind of central Norway. Well, and like I said, this movie does touch on a lot of cultural like touchstones. Yeah. Um, it basically just backs up the fact that when you're going through the countryside, locals will tell you like, oh, yeah, that, those stones are out there because trolls threw them. Because that's just been the local folklore for literally thousands of yeah. years now because those places have sometimes existed for you know fucking thousand years Gosh, some of those places man, like, no doubt dude and even if nobody believes it they that's yeah. the story they're gonna fucking but tell you because they're proud lot, of their region yeah like, there's a lot of history in that area it goes back to the ice age for the most part mm-hmm. yeah so it's hard to not you know see those places for what they're worth, you know, in this case, they hold on to certain myths yeah. and legends. Place names reference them. Yeah. Just if you're regional, familiar with them, regional yeah, things mythology. reference them, all sorts yeah, of stuff. Yeah, and they were even kind of picking up little trinkets along the way, picking up little troll dolls and, mm-hmm. you know, like pointing shit out. I thought it was kind of cool. Yeah, so with that, I thought it was kind of interesting, but they didn't really, they didn't play anything out with the fact that they brought on a Muslim, other than the fact that... You know, I had to write down poor Malika because she comes on just long enough to find out that trolls are real and then probably gets killed by the government. Yeah, it didn't take very long. So, And we never got to find out what the reaction to a Muslim is. I know, man. There's a few things I wish they would have 
I do love Hans's reaction though. Like, honestly, I have no idea. Let's <laughs> find out. <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> right? Gonna learn today. <laughs> so I thought that was kind of. I don't know if that was another one of a statement, maybe on the current affairs, you know, mm-hmm. in Scandinavia, possibly. But I don't know. I don't know how much they read into that. But uh, you're right. <laughs> like, poor girl. She had no idea what she would get herself into. Yeah. I mean, she thought she they was... were there from musk oxen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She literally is there just long enough to see the most amazing thing. No shit. And then government. Yeah. Oh, not just that, but she's there to find out that Tomas has rabies. <laughs> that was kind of funny that's something <clears throat> correct me if i'm wrong but i don't think they ever really explained how it got rabies the Jotnar. no no they don't they sort of treat it like it's patient zero and we don't know that for sure that doesn't necessarily make sense to me because it doesn't seem like many creatures that it would bite would necessarily get away from it yeah yeah i'm kind of confused about that a little bit i mean it doesn't take anything away from the story itself but it does leave kind of a plot hole it was so annoying that it took them so long for them to realize that Tomas had rabies, because <laughs> it just made me wonder why we even had the Michael Scott Dunder Mifflin Scranton Meredith Palmer Memorial Celebrity Rabies Awareness Fun Run Pro Am <laughs> Race for the Cure. I know you're talking about that. Shit is hilarious. Why did we ever oh host gosh. that if we're just going to ignore rabies symptoms, people? That's funny, dude. <laughs> Gosh. You know, he does throughout the film. He gives little signs. Little At the signs. very end, too, like when they start to hand him the water and he's starting to get hydrophobic and he... Okay. Yeah, it's nah, pretty No, nah, I'm good. Yeah, they did a pretty good job. I thought that was kind of funny. He gets called out a little bit, too, Thomas, for admiring his wound. <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny. Oh, man. I did like him a lot. I thought he was pretty good. All right, so this is a silly question okay. because... Hans undoubtedly is probably one of the most badass characters we've oh, ran across. Yeah, I agree with that. Hans versus the troll and Ernest scared stupid. <laughs> uh, I'd like to see Hans and Ernest <laughs> fight the troll. That would have been pretty badass. That would be pretty interesting. There is one thing I do like that they do in this film is it gets back to that the three Billy goats gruff. You know, they have those Billy goats on the bridge and they're trying to get out the Ringlefinch. Hans goes out in that armor. Dude, the armor's dope, right? I was like, damn, that was pretty funny. I wonder how much they're paying a nod to like some of the Holy Grail shit from Monty Python and stuff. Well, not just that, but did you ever see the videos of that guy that made the bear armor? I don't know. I don't think we're so. gonna have to look that up after this. Okay. And I'm wondering if they were maybe referencing that it's guy a possibility too. too. But um, I thought it was it was cool. I thought <laughs> I thought it was a little unrealistic. Cause like he got fucked up bad. So one of my notes, especially this time through. First off, my very first time through. I was like, oh, this is why it's a horror movie. He just died. I thought that too. I was like, oh, no, these kids are fucked. And that's the thing. I'm like, this turns into a straight-up horror movie if Hans dies at that scene. Oh, pure horror. Because then they're stuck out in the woods It's like a survival movie now. And it's now a survival movie. (laughs) Yeah. That would be a cool twist. Not what happened. (laughs) No. No. Which I think it's it lends to their hand that they're stand-up comedians and they're using humor in that regard or respect. So he just kind of shrugs it off, and he goes back to get the blood, and then it explodes on him. That's when you find out trolls explode. Yeah, which I don't know if that's a euphemism or not. (laughs) We do know they have babies. (laughs) Oh, man. Which I All right, here's something I do want to talk about a little bit, is I liked that they did give some details into why they are using what they're using in regards to using the UV bulbs 
you know, why does it make them turn to stone or make them well, explode? They can process vitamin yeah. D. And, and... Yeah, and I thought that was really cool. I was like, well, yeah, they're giving you probably a little bit more than you need to know. But it's still good to know because it makes sense. And it didn't take very long to explain it. No. So no. I did like that. I thought that was really cool. I did like the fact that, you know, we talked a little bit about that they're playing on the Christianization of things. And God is a light. That's what kills them. That was kind of neat. Like I said, the fact that you're finding these trolls in different locations all around Norway. And they have to drive to these locations. And you get shots of the towns that are leaving and the different landscapes. I thought that was a great job of incorporating Norway into the film, as opposed to just you're in the fucking woods and here's a camera. Do you think troll gravel has any special properties? Yes. I think, yes. I want to believe that. I want to drive with troll gravel. Man, it'd be a good repellent. Yeah. I would think so. I might have both. Does it still smell like troll? Hmm. Maybe remnants? (laughs) (laughs) I would imagine somewhere down in there, there's some stench. But I don't know. That's a good question, man. I was thinking that because Hans asked, you know, want some gravel? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you could use it. I almost thought the first one that they froze. The tosser lad. Yeah, tosser lad. I liked when it was frozen. I was like, oh, I wonder. This made me wonder a little bit. It's like, I wonder if they leave it there as a way of kind of like a statue or a memorialization. And then, whoop. Yeah, no, he didn't. <laughs> he didn't. He jackhammered that shit not long after, blew it up. I thought it was good. So there's a lot of that. It's like, okay, they spell it out. I didn't have to think or guess. Like, maybe that was their way of covering it up. They just, somebody built a statue. Yeah. No. Oh, that um, was cool. I probably should have said this from the get-go. It was literally one of my notes. I wrote it down because I had a good thought for once, <laughs> and then I didn't use it in the beginning when I should have. But I wrote down that the horror in this movie is thrilling rather than chilling. Ooh. It's a thriller, not a chiller. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, it is. It is a thriller. There's a little bit of suspense. I mean, I think most of it comes from the fact that they were in the cave or in that, that mine. Too, I mean, the running through the woods is cool. Yeah, and like it is. looking straight up and seeing the fucking... Yeah, using the night vision too was a good way of capturing mm-hmm. some of the night stuff. Yeah. Now, as I often do with movies that I love, I kept trying to think of ways that it could continue. Oh, yeah. That's a good point. I would love to see a Troll Hunter trilogy. Ooh, yes. I'm down. The next movie would be... Hans obviously lived at the end. He got away from the government at the end of this movie. In my future version, my sequel, he got away, was immediately on his cell phone with the vet. They initiated their backup plan. They got the fuck out of the country. The government had to hire some more troll hunters. They went with a team this time. The team now is fucking fed up with the government, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Try to keep a found footage style. They're just recording their own shit. And you sort of see how they're having to fabricate things for the government and shit. kind of cool, yeah. Um, Get more to the conspiracy side. But the rabies is back. Trolls are going out of control. Trolls They sort of realized that, like, Hans's big strength was he was able to make friends. And that was the whole reason that they put together a team this time around instead of just one person. Because I kind of believe that in this first one, that, like, the vet, she says that, like, we're not supposed to tell them this. But I don't think she was originally like hired part, by the government. No. I think Hans had to make friends, and the government had huh. to like acquiesce. Like that was like a fight that he won at some point with them. It was like, look, I, I need that. to be able to do this, and here's a person I trust. She hasn't told anybody yet, That's and he like point. forced them to clear her or whatever. And the fact too that she's <clears throat> a veterinarian, right? You know. That makes perfect sense. So I feel like this time around, the government was like, we're just going to go team from the get-go. 
but at this point the team's fed up with it because government's doing shady shit yeah too much oversight rabies is out of control because they never got patient zero Mm. yeah maybe that ties back into what i was talking about like we never learned how the fuck it got rabies in the first place so they have to go find hans in sweden oh i want to make it a scandinavia trilogy number three would finish in finland that would be pretty awesome. Now, there is a... Along part... the way, find ways to like fill out the trolls even more. Yeah, dude. That'd be pretty awesome. See a couple of the ones we never saw. More variations. Because we know that like the heads come in gradually. But is that only on Tosser lads? Like We mm-hmm. didn't see any Mountain Kings with multiple heads. So does something else different happen when they age? Like... That would be kind of neat to see them go through their aging process. Mm-hmm. Because we know that they can live to be... At least a 1, thousand, twelve hundred years old, somewhere in that range. Maybe somebody in this new group is a metalhead, so you can work in the fact that <laughs> all three yeah. of those countries are really known for their metal. That's pretty awesome. Now, here's me just taking for There's a goddamn a band called Fintroll. Yeah, that's pretty <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Who are awesome. Fucking, yeah. Now, here's my little two cents on this. How cool would it be? This is incorporating, like, it could be government, it could be military people, you know, like in the frame of dog soldiers. What if the rabies was given to the trolls by a group of werewolves? <laughs> so you can mesh Fucking whatever, let's do it. <laughs> you can have a mishmash. I just want, I want Hans back, at least for like, you that can even awesome. kill him off. I want, I want him back yeah, for a little be bit fun. to finish off his story. You could do a prequel to how he got involved with it. I mean, we kind of get a little bit of backstory. Oh, that's the other thing. Can we just get like an action adventure series that's like the oh, stories of, of young Hans? That would be Because dope. his back was scarred to shit. Yes, like, we do get to see that. He has a lot of history He's with obviously like not getting much help from the government, even though he's their fucking stooge, which is why he's so fucking disgruntled. He's put together his own armor. Like It's pretty obvious that a lot of his a lot shit of is either makeshift or he's figured out how to deal with it. He's the yeah. expert. Like, yeah, I like that. I like the fact that he's very resourceful, and these kids are learning it through like newspaper clippings. I mean, he collects all that shit for information, mm-hmm. maps... I mean, he's got stuff well-coordinated. You would have to assume that he's getting those tails before they explode or turn to stone. Dude. So that means he's coming up, trophies. he's sneaking up on fucking trolls. At some point, he took it Chopping as off their fucking ch- tails. Yeah. And then getting away from them enough to fucking then UV them. And I might get back to the what you were asking me about. <laughs> Do you think there's any kind of medicinal properties or some kind of... Something that gives him an advantage outside of the fact that, you know, they're repellents or attractants and what sort of shit has he lived through to the point where he sleeps under those fucking uv lights yeah well i mean i got some block <laughs> i don't think that's enough <laughs> <laughs> yeah so there's a lot of intrigue a lot of mystery around this guy we only get to see him in his later years but honestly quite possibly one of the biggest badasses we've encountered in a movie i totally agree the fact that he is the only trouble hunter in all of Norway, and he doesn't even regard himself as a hero, but he is an unsung hero of the land. Maybe that's the thing. In the sequel, he was the... Well, now there's a team of troll hunters in Norway. Sweden still only has one troll hunter. When shit goes south and the rabies is back, they meet up with the <laughs> Swedish troll hunter to ask what's going on so you can start. So it's not oh, just yeah. Norway, you know, really start yeah, to it's... bring in the Swedes. You want it to be the Scandinavian Bring trilogy. it all in, yeah. And the Swedish troll hunter has been the one that's been helping keep Hans underground. That'd be Hans and the vet underground. Yeah. 
there's a system of troll hunters in Scandinavia. And she, Swedish troll hunter is a girl, and she <laughs> is yeah. like, I don't know about this, but I know someone who might. This is wild, man. I didn't think about the fact that you could play on Troll Hunter Bloodline Legacy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, turn this into a franchise, a television series. I'm telling you, you it's there. You could do a lot more with it than wow. the thankfully canceled remake that they yeah, were going to do. Yeah, I saw that. I don't know what all details were involved with that, but I did see where it was canceled. At one point, there was an American remake. Oh, okay. Yeah, I did see In the works. Not huge fans of that. Chris Columbus was going to be directing. I'm so glad it was canceled. Yeah. You know, some things are better left undone. You know what I mean? In that respect, it doesn't always translate well from foreign to English version. It's not a cultural touchstone for us. Trolls are a thing there. Yeah, that, precisely. It's like, it, for us, it'd be just, like, it's another adventure. You'd have to make it like story. fucking Bigfoot Hunter. Yeah, and that would make sense, set in the Pacific Northwest, where we're at. Yeah. I could see that. Cool. Do that. Yeah, make it regional, make it relevant to that area. And Jersey Devil Hunter. Yeah. I mean, set in the Pine Barrens. <laughs> this is going to sound fucked up, too. In South Carolina, there was some kind of swamp ape, gorilla. Uh, skunk ape? Something like that, yeah. So, I mean, there's that in South Carolina. <laughs> so, there's yeah, a, I mean, everything's there's regional. Momo in Missouri. The Mothman Prophecy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Gator I guess, Boy. <laughs> I guess we saw how that turned out with Mothman Prophecies. <laughs> but, you know, like I said, if you're going to do it, make it relevant or regional or something that pertains to a certain area. You can't just throw a troll in fucking the United States and try to make it relevant. I just think that this sets up enough that you could still run with the ideas already presented. I totally agree The government is still the bad guy. They still need a hunter. If Hans got away, they need to hire somebody. Ooh, I'm kind of curious, too, if they could play... I mean, they could. I mean, this is all this is hypothetical. But you could have somebody who interacts or can communicate with the trolls and get it from their perspective to get their history. Right. That'd be kind of neat. So you're right, this is a really a foundational, kind of like a platform film where all these ideas sprout from. You could end up finding out that Hans is their cultural bad guy. He's I Am Legend. <laughs> exactly, dude. There's always going to be a good guy, bad guy scenario on this, no matter whose perspective you see it from, which is fun. I mean, it gives it a unique way of storytelling, which, once again, this is all about storytelling mm-hmm. from the get-go. And this is a fun, fantastic story. Yeah, I totally agree, man. I'm glad that we chose this one, you know, not only for the fact that I'd never seen it before, but also because this is one that I know you came in highly recommending long before we even decided to do this film. There are a few things I do want to briefly touch upon just because, you know, we do like doing little trivia, little facts and stuff like that. So I did write down some of the stories that were referenced. I'll keep it brief and simple to the point. We already talked about Pierre Gent, the play by Henrik Ibsen, and that was about the Mountain Kings, where they came from. The, the What was it we said? The Dover Goober. The music, there is an insert of music at the end of the film. I was trying to look to see if there was any music credited. I think there's like a Norwegian death metal <laughs> track at the end. But they do play a little bit of Edvard Grieg's music from the Pierre Gent play, which I thought was kind of neat. So they did incorporate that into the film. I don't know if we talked about the Boots who ate a match with the troll because it was Kali's character who asked Hans, he's like, um, do they also, should we also have a, a eating contest? What do we do then? <laughs> no, they referenced that because the boy who ate a match with the troll. I thought it was kind of a neat tell. 
It involves another lazy kid who's supposed to be going out to cut wood to help pay off the family's debt. Mm-hmm. Instead, he runs into a troll. His mother had given him some cheese to eat while he was out cutting wood. And he tricks the troll by squeezing it, making it think it's a stone. He says, you know, I'll do the same. Oh, right. So the troll invites the kid back. He wants the kid to collect water from a spring. Holy fuck. I don't think I've heard this one since I was like seven. Yeah. So the kid tricks the troll into making it get the water because he's like, these buckets are too small for me. He's like, I'd just rather get the water from the spring. The troll was scared that the kid was going to steal the spring water. So it goes, collects the water, comes back. The troll prepares a meal for the kid in itself. That's where the eating contest portion of this comes into play. The kid tricks the troll once again by putting a kid's meal into the satchel that he had, making it look like he was eating more than the troll could. And so the kid tells the troll, hey, cut a hole in your stomach. You'll be able to eat more. That's what I did. So the troll does. It dies. The kid steals its fucking gold and silver, comes back, and pays the parents' debt off. I'm like, God damn. Keep in mind, fairy tales aren't always happy endings. And they're typically pretty, they can be pretty gruesome. Mm -hmm. And have these fucked up stories interwoven into it. But that comment made by Kali is what that's in reference to. I thought that was kind of neat. I did want to mention it. A lot of these stories, the fairy tale aspects of it, was a collection of works by two gentlemen in the 1800s in Norway. I did write the guys' names down. It was Peter Christian Asbjornsen and Jorgen Moe. So they apparently had traveled all the countryside in Norway and collected those old folklores, and they modernized it. They made it a little bit more fantastical. They're basically the Grimm's, right? Yeah. So the Grimm's, actually, it's funny you mention that. The Grimm's... They praised their works, you know. They were like, yeah, this is very true to Norway and the storytelling. But what it also caused was at one time... Honestly, I, I might look into picking it's up really like cool a collection shit. of their tales. So at one time, like Denmark and Sweden and Finland and mm-hmm. Norway, they're all a part of one just big region, right? Right. I mean, outside of Scandinavia, but they were like a union. And, you know, through all these different political factions and independence gain and it's craziness. Anyway, they started their storytelling and the way that they were telling this, the narrative. Mm-hmm. It started to change the language in Norway, which is more in common with today's way that Norwegians speak, as opposed to like the Danish kind of version of it and Swedish mm-hmm. version of it. So it's a little bit more true to Sweden because they broke with Denmark a long time ago. Okay. So yeah, their storytelling helped shape the language of Norway today, which I thought was kind of neat too. I mean, honestly, I've thought about it before, and if I were to ever like move outside the United States, it'd be somewhere in the Scandinavian, Scandinavian countries that I'd so go to. Dope. I'd probably end up in Finland, but I mean, Norway's up there as an option. Fun. Yeah, Norway's up there as an option. Sweden's up there as yeah, an Stockholm option. Stockholm syndrome. It'd be one of those three. <laughs> yeah, I would agree. And... Not only that, but you're close enough to the mainland. You can just hop on a ferry and go to Germany, France. I've thought about it. I've looked into it. If, if I were to ever go, that's probably where I'd go. So It's not a bad choice. I like it. <laughs> um, shit, I don't have much else to say. On no, 1200. I would highly recommend it. Like, I'm glad that I got to watch it finally. Not only that, I watched it twice. You know, Once for fun, of course. Once for the storytelling. My note taking. Once for business, once for pleasure. You know it. <laughs> But I enjoyed them both times. Like, I got some different perspectives on it. I didn't want to read too much trivia before I watched it the first time because I felt like it was going to give away too much. So I watched it, enjoyed it. I went back and started learning all these little details about 
these fairy tales and, you know, all the subspecies of these fucking trolls. And there's a lot more out there we don't even know about. Right. They just didn't have time to fit them all in. And that's other th- man, like, I'm wondering, like, because they figure into all of Scandinavian folklore. So if yeah. you were to expand it, like, man, be do dope. the Finnish ones have regional variations? I'm sure they like... did. Yeah. And that's the fun part about it. It's, these landscapes are pretty massive, too. You got to take mm-hmm. that in consideration. It's not like a walk in the park. You were talking about countries here, you know? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I fucking love this movie. Oh, I've already yeah. mentioned that. So. so, yes, I had a fun time watching it. It was fun to talk about it. Highly recommend it. Go see it. Now, for next week, we have something special once again. Oh, boy. Howdy. Uh, we sort of tipped our hat on it not too long ago with our uh, People Under the Stairs episode. but We had uh, Patrick on. We had Patrick on, and he's going to be back. Shit, do we have anyone else? Uh, Justin's Justin? coming? Yeah, Justin. You've heard is Justin Ra- with our Event Horizon episode? Is Riley coming for this one? I don't think Riley is. Which okay, well, if he wants to, he can. Yeah, you can come along, Riley. If you're listening. <laughs> Jerk. And we're going to be doing another commentary. Dude, I'm looking forward to this one. For Pet Cemetery. So, for those who do or don't know, get yourselves prepared. Yeah, watch it before we ruin it by talking over it. But we're going to go talk over it all next week. Yeah, we are. We're going to have a lot to say. For each one of us, we have different perspectives on the film and how it influenced us. And mine's right. No. Oh, man. <laughs> no, I'm really looking forward to it, man. I, we had mentioned, too, there's a really cool documentary tagged with this. So, we'll learn a lot about this film. Yeah, it's going to be so much fun, though. I had so much fun doing God, the Shining commentary. I love it. I love it Commentaries, man. whether you they're guys fun. like them or not, they're here to stay because we fucking love doing them. So. Oh, I mean, The Shining was such a huge hit, and I loved everything about it. We had a blast. But that's coming next week. In order to listen to us next week, please hit subscribe, however you're listening to us right now. That would be awesome. You can always go to our website, www.friedsquirms.com. There are links up to other listening services up at the top, or you can stream us down at the bottom. And a bunch of info about us and all of our other shit in between. Find us over on Facebook, Fried Squirms, Twitter at Fried Squirms, and Instagram, Fried Squirms Podcast. We love pictures. You can always email us, squirmcast at gmail.com, or use the contact form on our website. Yeah, which we find out works both ways. So thanks for those, once again, who message us, who give us suggestions. We're probably going to have to wait a little bit before we can take some more. I mean, we always up for recommendations, but before we can actually get to them. Right. We've got yeah, some oh other yeah, stuff planned, too. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, we can say right now, we're going from Pet Cemetery straight, straight into. into The Purge 1, then The Purge 2, then The Purge 3. And then we're going to go see it. <laughs> and then <laughs> the we're going to go watch The First Purge. Yeah, so get yourselves prepared for The Purge month. And it's going to be a huge exploration for us because neither of us have seen any of them. No, I can say this. Not much of a spoiler. I've seen maybe 10 minutes of the first one. Okay. That's about as far as I'm into Danny's the series. seen 10 minutes of the first one. Take that for what it's worth. <laughs> I haven't seen any of them. Yeah. So this is going to be all new to us. Hopefully this doesn't suck. But I, I mean... I think it's not going to, man. Gonna We're going to have fun. All I've heard is that they get better as they go yeah, on. Yeah, likewise. And I feel like there's a reason we're about to get a fourth movie and they're going to turn it into a TV show. And I'm super yes. looking forward to exploring why. And we've talked to the not too much spoiler, but it's a Blumhouse production. So mm-hmm. there's that. We'll get to that more in a couple of weeks. But until then, Fried Squirms, out. out.